0: not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was all the light of the people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify it. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed his name, he gave power to him. He gave power to become the children of God, who weren't born, not of our blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, this, is, this was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Not one has ever seen God. It is only God the Son who is close to the Father's heart who has made him known. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. Thank you. So today, some people call it the fourth Sunday of Advent and some people call it the um, Christmas Eve. How many of you know which one is correct? It's both correct. So our scripture lesson contains these very poetic, beautiful, and most repeated, and most significant words ever written, which is what we have, uh, um, is that Emily who read that? No. Julia. Julia, sorry. Thank you, Julia, for reading the gospel. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our God, and our Redeemer. Amen. So we're looking at the big picture of God's action today, and the gospel according to John chapter 1, which we have heard from Julia reading to us, stretches our vision from before the beginning of time and to the new creation at the end of time. It reaches from matters beyond space and form to the most specific form of a baby born to a young woman in Bethlehem. It shows us the actions of God and God as the word incarnate in Jesus. Redeeming us and claiming us in his own children, John chapter chapter one tells the great story of what God was doing from creation through every moment of human history, it takes us from heaven down into the world, into the individual story of every person, including you and me. To capture that sense of the big picture in the dimensions of space and time, of divine and human, of eternal and historical, please listen to three voices reading, Uh, Pastor Steve is going to be reading from Genesis chapter 1. Oh, I'm sorry. Bill Mallet is Pastor Steve. (laughs) No, it's not. Bill Mallet is Bill Mallet. Sorry, Pastor. He's reading. He's, you know, he's the oldest among us. And (laughs) And the wisest. The wisest wisdom is going to read Genesis chapter one. And the middle always in the trouble is reading John. And the youngest, the baby will read from Revelation chapter 21. So let us hear these three voice reading.
2: In the beginning.
3: In the beginning. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven was no more and the sea had passed away.
2: In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth.
3: In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband.
2: The earth was out form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters.
1: He was in the beginning with God, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made, in
3: him was life. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying,
2: And God said,
3: And the life, See, the home of God is with mortals.
2: Let there be light.
3: Was the light of men? God himself will be with them.
2: And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness.
3: The light shines in the darkness. He will wipe every tear from their eyes.
2: God called the light day.
3: And the darkness has not overcome it. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more for the first things have passed away.
2: And the darkness he called night.
3: THE TRUE LIGHT THAT
1: ENLIGHTENS EVERY MAN WAS COMING INTO THE WORLD, AND TO ALL WHO BELIEVED HIM, WHO BELIEVED IN HIS NAME HE GAVE POWER TO BECOME. SEE,
3: I AM MAKING ALL THINGS NEW.
2: AND GOD SAID, CHILDREN OF GOD,
3: IT IS DONE. I AM THE ALPHA AND THE OMEGA, THE BEGINNING AND THE END. TO THE THIRSTY I WILL GIVE WATER AS A GIFT FROM THE SPRING OF THE WATER OF LIFE. THOSE WHO CONQUER, will inherit these things and I will be their God and they will be my children.
2: Let there be light.
3: And the light was the light of the world. So with the
1: echoes of Genesis chapter one and Revelation chapter 21 in our mind, we're going to focus on the great gospel message of John chapter one, verses one through 18. We Christians through the ages have loved this poetic passage, and we call it the prologue. The prologue prepares us for the good news that transforms and undergirds our lives. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This passage focuses on the big picture of God coming to us in Jesus as the Word. Part of the power of the poem is that it uses repeated words to form a pattern we can both hear and see. The pattern of the poetry shows God's love moving down in Jesus to God's word of love to us. Besides being an introduction, this this morning's passage is like the Hallelujah Chorus in Handel's Messiah. Where I came from, Hallelujah Chorus is not saved for performances at Christmas or Easter only, but it is sung at every important religious event. It is sung at church anniversaries, funerals, weddings, actually it was sung at uh, my wedding as well, and it's sung at ordinations and hosting of important visitors. Just as the hallelujah chorus is the most beautiful expression of praise in the Messiah, the words of the prologue are the poetic high points, high point of the gospel according to John. The prologue of the gospel tells the big picture of God's love for us. Most importantly, it prepares us for the story of God sending Jesus as the word incarnate to give as salvation and make us children of God. The prologue celebrates Jesus as the word connecting God to us and us to God. The gospel writer John's prologue is a perfect scripture for this morning's worship on the fourth Sunday of Advent. We are set to go for God's last step into human history but we're not quite ready yet this morning it is a great way to finish our advent preparation so that we can celebrate jesus birth on christmas eve which will be this evening you are invited to come back for the celebration of jesus birth at five o'clock or seven or nine or eleven o'clock this evening come to one or two or to all of them Laurie will be here for most of it, and Pastor Steve and I will be here the whole time. So please come back to celebrate the birth of Jesus. A few weeks ago, Will and I went to see a movie called Wonder. It is a movie about, how many of you have seen it? Oh good, not too many of you have seen it. It's about um, about a boy named Augie, born with several facial malformations. In the story, the growing child and the parents and sister fight for him, for Augie, to be accepted. It is not an easy story, but it is a triumphant story. Part of what makes it a great story is that we come to see the particulars in Augie's life Um, connect with the big picture story of good in the universal of life, universe of life. Augie's family and friends, and eventually his whole school, moved beyond mere acceptance to celebrate the wonder that Augie is. Augie becomes a presence that points to something far greater than himself, an ordinary boy pointing to the extraordinary. Today I want us to think of what is here with us in this space and also if you see some of the pictures that are not here and they may be in the sanctuary, um, sorry about not thinking that through as best as I could have. So the elements we see in worship remind us of God and God's big picture story of God's creative, sustaining and redeeming love for us. By the way, did I tell you that this is going to be a bit of a glorified children's sermon? So I hope you'll do your part and participate in it. (laughs) So you see candles here. In worship, we have candles. You see candles on the tables, and this symbolizes God's light for us. Therefore, they are candles, our lit candles are a visual word of God for us. So then the next slide, what what do you see in the picture? Come on, it's children's sermon. The Bible, thank you. So the Bible, what does this book tell us? The stories of God and people and all through the history. And this book also tells us God's love. So it is called the scriptural word of God for us. So the next, um, the next picture. What are those people? Well, you don't have them here every time. I don't think we have them here every time, every Sunday. But you see them every first Sunday. Cups and plates and bread, holding cups, holding juice. What is this? Sacraments. And yes, these are, Jesus said at the Last Supper, every time you do this, do this in remembrance remembrance of me. As he broke the bread and he poured the cup. So we do this to remember Jesus and um, God's forgiveness and grace and our salvation from God. So they are called the sacramental word of God. So what about the next one? We don't have that here, but we make it together. We put it together every single first Sunday of the month. It. It looks like that in the sanctuary. So the reason that we have a table, that table on the first Sunday that you see up here is the communion table. It is the table that God invites us, Jesus invites us as his beloved important guest. We get to be God's guest and God is our host. So that is called the hospitable table of God. So when you see that in January, I hope you remember that. So what about the baptismal font? That's another thing that we don't have it standing all the time in this contemporary worship space. And there is one very heavy, big one in the sanctuary, which sits there at all times. But when you you see any form of baptismal font that holds the water every time someone is baptized in this worship space, we are reminded of our own baptism and that God claims us through the baptism to be a part of his home, his own family. And also the next one is the cross that reminds us of the cost of Our salvation and the cross is a symbolic word of God, which is right above somewhere here. So that's every time you pass by, you drive by, just remember that it is a symbolic word of God. So then how about the next one? What is it? It's sort of like this. That, that one should be this for this service. What is this? The pulpit. Good job. And so <laughs> it took a long time for me to recognize that thing on the picture as the pulpit because where I come from, that's the pulpit doesn't look like that. Pulpit looks a lot more serious. So for me to recognize this as a pulpit is even worse. <laughs> but. <laughs> But I'm glad you all are very um, (laughs) open-minded. So the word is preached from here, uh, usually. So the pulpit is also, um, okay, now I'm lost. The pulpit is the spoken word of God. So because we hopefully always speak about God's word from the pulpit. So how about these people? Next. Do you know any of them? Yeah, you know some of them, probably not lots of them. Well, I should have again, as I apologize earlier, I should have put you all's picture in here, but I didn't think of it. Wisdom is not a part of my repertoire. So, so just look at one another and look at people at your tables and beyond. It would have been the picture I should have had. And, and so, (laughs) So the, it is the picture of worshippers nonetheless. So Mother Teresa always said, I see Christ, the face of Christ in every human face. I agree with that, don't you? So we see Christ in one another's faces. So in the movie Wonder, Augie hides his face inside a space helmet. His father finally steals the helmet and, and uh, put it away. And when Augie asks him why, The father said, you're wearing that helmet all the time. And the real, 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 real truth is, I miss seeing your face, Augie. I know you don't always love it, but you have to understand, I love it. I love my son's face. I love this face of yours, Augie, completely and passionately. And it kind of broke my heart that you are always covering up. How many of you can identify that? You know, loving the face, faces of the people in your family. During Advent, we add other special things pointing to Jesus' birth. We add the color purple. Are they purple? I'm wearing purple. <laughs> How many of you are wearing purple? Oh, good. There are quite a few. So the, the official <laughs> liturgical color, color for Advent is purple. Does anybody know why purple? It's It's a royal color. Jesus is our royalty and we're preparing. Advent means preparing. We're preparing for the birth of our royalty, our king. And so purple is the official color. Although Lori likes (laughs) burlap. It's okay too. (laughs) And so, I guess I am actually doing a real children's sermon. And now you have green wreath. Where is it? See, they don't do that either, Laurie. Um, usually this wreath, this wreath is supposed to be completely thickly green. Then again, you know I'm a traditional person. Laurie is an open-minded person. so. Poor you, you got me today. And so this is supposed to be, imagine this is thick and green only. What does that mean? New life. New life in Christ, yes. God's love is every time you see green trees, green shrub, green anything. Now, from now and forevermore, please remember it's the color of God's love never ends. So that's why green is my favorite color, actually. And so, um, needless to say, but the next one you'll know. Well, see, then again, Laurie. this is supposed to be purple, 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 pink, and white. So laurie has got white, 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 red. Well, you better never get me again in advance. So pretend there are three purple, one pink, and one white. So the first Sunday, surely, Lori, have you all <laughs> light only one candle a Sunday, right? <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, she's restored in my graces. <laughs> so we light the candle of hope because Jesus, the first Sunday, Jesus is our hope. And we light the candle of peace as Jesus is the Prince of Peace, our Prince of Peace. And we lit last last. Sunday, um, a pink candle, which sometimes called Mary's candle because it's all the joys of Mary and we celebrate with Mary about our joy to be anticipating our king and our savior. And so today the the last purple candle uh, is a candle of what? Love. Love. Thank you. And then tonight we will light Christ's candle, a white one. So those are symbolic, you see. I am called liturgical police. (laughs) Everywhere I served, that's my official title. So there's some work to do here. (laughs) And so then we isn't this amazing journey that in Advent we come every Sunday and in between Sundays we have these scriptures for devotional and Pastor Steve's uh, this little light of mind daily devotion and all of that and the devotional that you all put together. This is all a part of a big picture of God's picture and including us, all these elements and ourselves, our faces, our entire selves are a part of God's big picture. So I would like to invite you all again to come back to, oh yes, where is Steve before he kills me? Music. Yes. He left. Oh good. No, I see him there. So music. It's not just the piano and the, you know, all these instruments. They are reminders of how we are joyful. You know, everything we do is in response to God's love and grace already given to us. So people, musicians and, and musical instruments remind us of God's word and love. So I'd like to invite you once more to come back either at 7 or 5 or 11 or 9 PM tonight. <laughs> that goes with the way Lori doesn't have things in order. So now having experienced this whole Advent thing, although they are kind of upside down and mingled around, and we are go- we're finished with our Advent preparation, so come back. Um, and to worship tonight, and for celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. And thanks be to God for letting us be a part of his big picture. Amen.
2: We do enjoy singing and playing music and leading you. It is something about joy. I always call it a celebration. So every time we're here, we're celebrating God's love and what he's done for us. This morning, we're going to finish with Hark the Herald Angels Sing. We invite you to stand and sing with us.